Nuts are all on. I'm red. Am I supposed to be red? Red's good? Okay. Red's usually dead. I thought green was good, but anyway. Okay. Well, good to be with you guys. I'll tell you what. Has God not blessed us with some gorgeous weather? Those of us who are fall seekers have been waiting for this time, and praise the Lord, it has finally come. Mm. This morning, we're going to be in Mark chapter 2. I'm going to start about verse 1. Find it interesting that uh, we live in the time where everybody's looking for a movement. Oh, I need a movement. I need a. We need to get something going. Well, you know what? I started a movement one time. I did. You know, uh, back in the day, I used to go. We used to go deer hunting down in McCurtain County, and uh, where the warehouser had cut things up into sections. There's great big sections, and you could. You, whenever we deer hunt, what we do, we put the younger guys out of the truck. And they would line up and walk those sections. We put the older guys ahead, flush the deer out. That was the easier job. Well, one time my buddy, Petey, decides, you know what? I don't want to go walk. I'm going to make some of my older guys walk. I'm going to take the truck, and I'm going to the end. You know, that just made me so mad. I tell you what, I, I, I was ready to, oh, I didn't know what to do. Well, I looked down, and guess what I saw? A black snake about that long. Yes, I reached down, I grabbed that snake. Well, he already started knowing something was going on. He's rolling the wind up. Woo, I swung that snake. It hit and just flipped right in the truck on him. He jumps to the other side of the truck, and the truck starts rolling off down the hill. He's in there giving it this, trying to stomp that snake to death. Now, somewhere down the hill, he got the snake stopped. Got the truck stopped. Then he jumped out of the truck with a gun, and he said, I'm going to kill you, Bentley Hill. I tell you this to tell you not every movement is a positive one, okay? <laughs> Today, we see all kinds of things going on. But you know what? We're going to look this morning at a guy who needs a movement. And he needs God to move in his life. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. I'm going to ask you to bow with me. Let's ask God's blessing on the reading of his word. Father God, Lord, we humbly come before you thanking you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy. Father, I praise you for loving us. Lord, you know us, and you still love us. That amazes me. God, I pray that you'd have your way in our lives today, Father. Lord, that we would leave the distractions of the world away. And Father, we'd ask you to do in our lives what you want to. I thank you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mark chapter 2, starting verse 1 says, And again he entered Capernaum, and after some days it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when he had broken through, they let him let down the, man, the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of, the scribe, some of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemes like this? Who can forgive sin but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his heart that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of all, 
so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Wow. You know, this guy comes in. This situation's set up. We see somebody that we could all identify. You know what? We see a guy here who is a needy man. Now, I tell you what, aren't we all just a little needy? We don't like to admit it. Nobody likes to be going around saying, well, you know what? I, I need help. But you know what? There's times we all need help. The sad truth is many times, we, even when we get it, we won't accept it. I think about whenever I was driving down the road and, and I saw a guy pulled over and I pulled over behind him and I got out and it was pretty obvious he had a flat tire. So I said, you know, hey, let me help you. And uh, he said, no, no, I've got it. Well, he didn't have a jack. He wasn't even trying to fix the tire. I said, yeah, but really I could. He said, no, no, it's, it's fine. Now, I don't know if he'd called somebody or what, what he had done, but he would not allow me to help him. I thought, man, here you are. You got a flat. I got a jack. Let's get together. He, he wouldn't let me help him. Now, folks, you say, that's silly. I'm going to tell you, there are those today that God's saying, listen, let me help you. And we're saying, no, God, I got it. God, I got it. I don't need your help. God, I can handle all of this on my own. Why do we do that? Why do we, why do we fight it when we know we need help? I'm going to tell you why. I think it's pride. And we are very prideful people. Oh, we've, we've decided, you know what, I got to, I'm going to do it my way. I don't really need your help. Well, I'm going to tell you, folks, we all need God. Every person here needs God in their life. Whether you want to admit it or not, we all need God to come and do what we cannot do. That saving grace that he provides. You know, I, I think about those things that we have to have. We have to have love, don't we? We do. We've got to have love. I think about a few weeks back, uh, I'm talking to Samantha on the phone, and she's got... She's got uh, JoJo there, and she said, here, JoJo, I'm going to let you talk to G-Paul. Boy, gets on there, blah, 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 blah. We talked for a while. I don't know what he said, but we talked. Sam takes the phone away. I hear, <laughs> and, it, and, and she said, let me see something. She hands the phone back to JoJo, blah, 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 blah. Here we go again. She pulls it away. She takes off down the hall. JoJo's chasing her. <laughs> you talk about making Grandpa feel good. That made Grandpa feel good. What did it say? It said, man, listen, I love you. Folks, we all need that in our lives. We all need to feel that. We need that sense of security where we feel secure as well. You know, that things are going to be all right. I know a lot of people today are nervous. They're wondering, what's going to happen? Let me be honest with you. There's one that knows what's happened, and he is in control. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. You know why? The God of the universe saw this coming millennial ago, and you know what? He's not worried. He wants us to be faithful even in the eye of a storm. He gives us that opportunity. What else? We need to be, have a purpose. We need to have something that, that, you know what, gives us a reason to be here. You know what? I love the main purpose that you have. Did you know your main purpose is called to a relationship to walk with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You may be a doctor. You may be a lawyer. You may be a Sunday school teacher. Or you may be a, a something else. But you know what? Your main purpose in this life is to be faithful to God to walk with him day by day, to be obedient to him. This guy here, what we see he needs in his life, he needs, a, he needs a healing that only God can provide. You know what? He can't fix his own problem. And let's just be honest, most of us can't fix our own problems. We need God. Here's something else that we don't hear a lot about, but you know what? We need each other. God has given us one another to walk in this world together. So many times, if, if we're not careful, we get, we're so, in society today, we're, we're so covered with individuals that, you know what, most of us want to run home and hide and think, really, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be caught up in this life. But let me just be honest, we need each other. 
I, I think about Chad and his surgery that he's going through. I tell you what, you know what, whenever you're laying there on your back and you know what, a lot of pain, but you know that your sisters and your brothers are praying for you, it means a big deal, a great deal to you. A loving church, we're going to do that. We're going to lift up those in the body who need help. This guy here, he needs that healing. You know what, our problem is now, though, you know, we look around and we say, you know, I, I need a movement, but I, I think I know how I want to. I'm going to buy peace and joy. I'm going to buy peace and joy. That's how I'm going to do it. And, and in this society today, what do we see? The society says, listen, if you want joy, go out and spend money. You say, Bentley, are you sure about that? Yep, I am. Tell you why. Ladies, I'm going to pick on you first. Ladies, it's been a bad week. You think, my gosh, it's terrible. My husband's a clod. My job is no fun. My kids are not thankful. You know what I need to do? I need a new hairdo. Yes, I'm going to go get my hair done. And if it's really been bad, you know what, Dix? I'm going to get a mani and a pedi. Yes, I'm going to go in there. You know what? I would never, ladies, you can get by with it. If I stuck my feet up in front of one of those poor little Asian women, they'd pass out. But you say, I, I've got to have these. These are going to make life better. And if it's really bad, you, I've got to have an outfit. <laughs> I've got to have an outfit. And if I get that, then life is going to be good. And the husbands are going, yep, that's my wife. I knew it. That's my wife. Well, before you say, tell you guys, you know what our problem is? We have issues. What do we say? You know I need a new fishing pole. It's been a bad week. I need a fishing pole. I need a gun. It's, it's stepping up. It's been a real bad week. I need a gun. If it's a joint bad week. Honey, let's go buy a car. Let's go back. Let's just do something spontaneity. I'm going to toss and buy a car today. You know, do we have credit? I don't know. Let's just go buy a car. Then if it's really, really bad, let's buy a house. <laughs> I want to live on the ridge. Let's get a house on the ridge. Now, here's the deal. What do we keep doing? We keep saying, listen, I'm going to look for these things, and they're going to satisfy my life. They're going to bring peace and joy. Folks, at the end of it, you know what we look? They're an empty pipe dream. Because how long before we need a new outfit and we need a new gun? You know what? It doesn't take long for those things to get old. We keep looking at these things thinking, hey, they're going to solve all of my problems. What they are, they're a quick fix. This guy needs more than the quick fix. He needs a solution. Today, we look around in this nation and we say, God, come on, give us a quick fix. Buy us out right now. And then we're going to go back to living the way we want to. Now, folks, I tell you what, God's not stupid. He knows. He knows. Too many times, you know what we do? We want to put a, a Band-Aid on a bullet wound and say, well, you know what? It looks better, so it's probably good. We need a solution. We need a solution in this nation. And I'm telling you, God gives us the solution. He says, if my people, yes, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. You know what? The problem is today, let's just be honest, prayer's not at the top of most of our list. If we, if we just had more money, if, if we had more programs, uh, we need more staff. No, no, no. We need to cry out to God, asking God to come and to move as only God can do. Folks, I tell you what, he's not, he's not, he's not, not moving because he doesn't want to. He's not moving because he's not being asked to. If his people... We'll call out to him. Folks, he will come. He will move. <laughs> Today we start thinking, you know what? I don't have to commit my life to God. I just need to do a few good things and everything is well. God, you know, I, I, I've been thinking, I really don't want to, you got my life kind of, but you know what? I'll give you Sunday mornings, okay? That's a good deal. I'll give you Sunday mornings. God, if I might even put a little money in the plate. But you know what he's asking for? Total surrender. 
where we say, God, all that I have, all that I am, I'm giving to you. I'm giving to you, God. I'm not turning back. It's like the guy that jumped out of the plane with a parachute. There is no going back. You're just going to go. As a child of God, each one of us are called to total surrender to him. You say, how? You know, that's hard. Yes, it is, but that's where the joy is if we're surrendering to him. Why? Because we're not a divided heart. I think the room, the reason so many people are miserable in church today is because they have a divided heart. They're saying, okay, God, I'll give you a little, but I'm giving the world the rest. Folks, we've got to completely commit to him. Be faithful. Be obedient. Honor him. Lordship demands total surrender. Too many times we put limits on that surrender. We have to understand that all people are going to, all, we all need a Savior. And because of that, we're going to totally surrender to him all that we have. we got this man. He's got a need. We also have a friend, friends who lend a hand. Aren't you glad for friends? Mm. I tell you what, I love friends because you know what? They, they, they know you. <laughs> they know the good, the bad, and the ugly about you. You know, there's a, my test. <laughs> I have a test. If you're a good friend, you know, I know how you're a good friend. You know how, what good friends do? Good friends do nose checks. Uh-huh. You know what? I'm telling you, some of you, you may walk around or, and, and have something looks like the white flag of surrender flying out of your nose and nobody will say something. Now, folks, that's not a friend. No. You know what? A real friend comes up and says, hey, I'm sorry, but you got a problem. <laughs> we need to fix that. We need to fix that. Hey, you say, Billy, that's silly. You know what? If we won't do it on the little things, folks, we won't do it on the other stuff either. True friends get involved. True friends take, take a chance and act. These friends, they wanted to help him and they acted on it. So many times we have friends that they want to help, but they won't act on it. Good intentions are worth nothing without action. I think today, today the church as a whole has good intentions. But let's just be honest. A lot of times there's not a lot of action. We just say, God, you know, if you want to help happen, you make it happen, but it's going to have to happen whenever I come and when I sit here or how I want it to do. We're not just going to be faithful to you. What would you do if God really moved in a great and mighty way and Southside experienced great and magnificent revival? It's coming. I mean, we got a revival service that's coming, right? What happens if God moves and all of a sudden we go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, time to quit? And God says, no. No. And then we go Thursday and Friday, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Then we go Saturday and Sunday and Monday, and we keep going. Why? Because God's doing something great and awesome. Now, I'm going to tell you, some people are going to get excited. They're going to say, whoo, I've been waiting for this. I've been looking for this. And some people are going to say, that's inconvenient. You're interrupting my life, God. If you ever want to know if you're his, if those words come out of your mouth, you may not be his. If you... Don't have time to be obedient and faithful to God if you're not following his direction. These guys in verse 3, it tells us the four friends, they came carrying the paralytic, the man to where Jesus was. They're taking the man from where he was to where he needed to be. Now, that's true friends, right? Wouldn't you think so? Okay, let me ask you. How good a friend are we? We've got friends out here that are lost. Paralytic man, he's, he's got some health issues. 
We got some friends that have some spiritual issues. And you know what? So many times we don't go and help them get to where they are, from where they are to where they need to be. You say, well, Bentley, I just, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not good at witnessing. Bring them to church. Will our preacher preach salvation? I, I think so. I've been here a time or two. If we care about our friends, what are we going to do? But you know what? Scripture even kind of pushes a little further. We're supposed to go further than that. Even if they're not our friends, guess what we're supposed to do? Ooh! Yep! He's saying, listen, you're going to bring them too. Why? Because we, our desire is that none perish. Just like his desire is that none perish, but that all have eternal life. Folks, he's giving us that opportunity. Here, these guys are taking the chance. They're saying, hey, we're going to go up here. We're going we're gonna to interact in our friend's life. They could have said, hey, I hope he gets better. Let's go see what Jesus is doing. But no, they invested in their friend's life. We're called to get involved in the lives of others, aren't we? Is it easy? No. Is it messy? Yeah. Will they call you sometimes? When you don't want them to call you? Yes. I had a guy call me one time and said, Bentley, I'm in a bar. I need you to come get me out. And I'm thinking, okay, last thing I need is everybody in town to see Bentley, the BCM director, coming out of the bar. There, I knew it. I knew that guy. He's a bum. Was it convenient? No. Was I uncomfortable? Yeah. But I thought, Lord, you put that man in my path for a reason. And if it's to go to get him out of there, then so be it. And if other people see that, just like where Jesus is doing this, and they're saying, oh, Jesus, shame on you, shame. You, you, you didn't say it the way I wanted you to, so shame on you. So many times God's going to call us out of our comfort zone to go and do things we're not sure we, we feel called to do. Well, that's good, and I'll tell you why. Sometimes we get so convinced we're so good, we think God is blessed to have us. Whenever we're nervous, I tell you what, it causes us to focus more on him. Be faithful to him. They take their friend to where Jesus is. But you know what? There's a problem. Verse 4 tells us that the house is full. It's packed. People are standing everywhere. Man, this is, this is a good problem, isn't it? How would you like it? Come this morning and the house is packed. Woo, you, can't, you know, your regular seat. Somebody's on your cushion. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, you get up. No, <laughs> get off my cushion. Man, I tell you what, this is a good problem. Man, they're, they're coming like, like crazy. I remember a, a missionary that talked about in Russia. He said, man, we were doing these nightly services and people were coming in. And he said, these little old churches were not real, real big. But he said, and it was cold. It was bitterly cold outside. But they said they'd pack it in where everybody was standing. Nobody could sit. You'd have to stand. And they said, we'd have service for two or three hours. And then around the windows outside, there were other people standing in the windows looking in where they could hear. And remember, it's bitter cold outside. And they're there. Now think about it. We got heating and air conditioning. We got cushioned pews. We got lights. Man, we got everything. We can control the environment. And we still can't beg people to come. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, our job is to be faithful. That's all. We can be faithful to ask. We're going to, we're going to ask them to come. But let's just be honest. Many times, we don't even ask them. 
You know why? I think part of the problem is we think, hey, I already know what they're going to say. They're going to tell me no. Let's let them tell us no. Let's say, because I care about you, guess what? I want you to come to church with me. I want you to sit by me. I, I tell you, I, I've watched people, and, and even here, they'll come to the back door and they stand, and they're scoping out the room. And they're trying to look. For one thing, do I know anybody here? Second thing is, is where in the world do I sit? Now, here's something I want to encourage you to do. You see somebody like that, you know what you do? Walk up to them. You say, hey, my name is, and I'm from here, and I'm excited you're here. And guess what? I would love for you to come and sit with me. You talk about knocking down some of the fears of walking into a new place. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you like I do my college students. Folks, this is home court. This is our home court. We're, we should be comfortable enough here when strangers come in, we can help make them feel at home. And if we can't do that, then we need to get on our knees before God and ask God to do something in our life where we'll have a burden and a broken heart that we're not afraid to go up and make people feel comfortable in God's house. <laughs> These friends, they didn't say, oh, well, we tried, walk away. No, they're deeply committed to their friend. We need to ask ourselves, what are we deeply committed to? What are we, what are we deeply committed to? Is it ourselves or is it God? <laughs> I've had people say, Bentley, you don't understand. I don't have enough time. You ever hear that? And I tell you what, I, I, that's when that violent part wants to come out and do things unspeakable. Can I be honest with you? We all have the same amount of time. When you tell me you don't have enough time, but you think I ought to have enough time, <laughs> we got a problem. We have time for those things that are a priority in our life, don't we? If it's a priority, we're going to do it. We're going to be faithful to it. They become problem solvers. You know, they're thinking, how do we get him to Jesus? You know, this is the question today as a church. We need to think, how can we get people to Jesus? How are we going to help them to see their need for Jesus? I'm going to tell you, by one thing is by living the life that God's called us to, being faithful followers, that they see Christ through us. If we care for people, we're going to take action. We're going to be faithful. We're going to get involved. They decide to come in from the roof. Now, these are the same guys that carried him all the way there. Now they're thinking, how, how can we get him up on the roof? You know, they're tired. And they're a little frustrated, I would think, because, hey, we got him all the way here. Come on! I can't even get him in. But now they're thinking, I've got to get him on the roof. Folks, I'm going to tell you, serving God sometimes is going to tire you out. You're going to get weary from doing good. But I tell you what, it's a good weary, and it's a good good. Because why? There's something within all of us when we're serving God to the extent he wants us to. It just brings a peace and a joy. The other things can't fulfill. They won't finish. They won't make you, you feel that same thing. Here, if we're faithful to do what he's asking us to, they're saying, hey, I've got to get him up on the roof. You know what I like? Then they, 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 don't, they didn't develop a committee. They go ahead and they start uncovering the roof. Now, you know, and I know, there's always those people that like order, you know what they're doing inside? They're freaking out. Ooh, somebody, who is doing this? Who is tearing a hole in the roof? This is not on the program. No. I'm calling the building and grounds committee. <laughs> we're going to get this fixed. These guys are saying, listen, we're going to do whatever it takes. Why? Because love tears off the roof. Folks, love tears off the roof. It can't sit outside. 
So many times it's easy. We say, well, you know what? I, I love a few people. <laughs> well, he called us to love our neighbor. And you know who your neighbor is? Ooh, goes a long ways. Even into other countries. To continue to be faithful. This is a great example of loving your neighbor as yourself. If you are sick and the person laying on the, the, uh, the hammock or whatever, what are you doing? i tell you what I'm doing. I'm chanting, Damon. I'm going, tear it off, tear it off. Why? Because I want in. I want that healing that's inside. Folks, i tell you what, wouldn't you want it? We get so dignified in church. Ooh, my goodness. We're so dignified. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, some of you are going to get shook up when you get to heaven. You are, because I'm telling you, what, whatever worship truly is supposed to look like, I don't think we got it figured out on this planet. But when we get to heaven, we're going to see what it's like. When God does something supernatural in our lives, when we see people say, folks, there ought to be something inside of us that lights a fire. There ought to be a joy unspeakable in our lives. But you know what? <laughs> We've got caught up in this mundane thing. Go to church, go home, repeat. Go to church, go home, repeat. These guys are saying, listen, we want to see God do something supernatural. We're going to tear the roof off. We need more desperate people in the church to, <laughs> to say, hey, you know what? I'm desperate to see God do a healing work in the lives and the hearts of others. And you know what? We're going to bring them in. We're going to be faithful to bring them in. So we got a needy man. we got a friend who lends a hand. We've got a God who can. The man, <laughs> the man is being taken by his friends to Jesus because they know that he, and they're talking about God, is able. Now let me ask you today, do you believe he's able? I believe he's able. I believe he's able to do exceedingly greater than anything we can imagine. I think so many times God does not show up in a great way in his house because we don't expect him to. I don't even think we, sometimes we really don't want him to. Because you know what? If he comes and things happen and people start getting saved and there's weeping and, 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 and repentance, you know what? You may miss out beating the Methodist to the Golden Corral or the Western Sizzler. That's it. They'll beat us because we didn't get out fast enough. Now, folks, I tell you what. When God works, he works on his own timetable. I understand that. But I think he works whenever his children cry out and ask him to come and to do what only all across our nation, people are saying things need to change, things need to change. Yes, they do. But we, until we fall down before God and pray and ask God to move, they're not going to change unless they get worse. You say, Bentley, are you sure about that? Now, I'll tell you what. I look throughout Scripture. Look at the children of Israel. When they turned their backs to God, they went into bondage. The ones who prayed and the ones who didn't pray went into bondage. You say, well, what are you saying, Bentley? And after November, I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to trust him. And if we won't do it now when it's easy, when it gets hard, we really won't do it. I love verse 1. It says, and when it was heard that he was in the house. Wow, isn't that good? They knew he was there. Verse 2 said, immediately many gathered together. People knew something was going on. You know and I know. Every person in this town has an idea about every church in this town. Did you know we all have reputations? We do. See, that just knocked the camera off. That's more than it could stand. 
We all have reputations. You know what? We have reputations of, 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 of being alive and vibrant or dead and complacent. You say, what's left? you got plateauing <laughs> where you're just barely cruising. It's like a flat line on a body, uh, on a, one of those body monitors. When you flatline, folks, you're in trouble. We need to ask God to work. I love, I love this because you know what, folks? I don't think that we're, do you think we're out of hope? Is it too, is it too far? Are we too far gone? I hope not. We're still here, aren't we? As long as we're here, isn't there hope that God would do a great work and stir the hearts of man? You say, well, yeah, but I'm kind of expecting Jesus to come. Well, I am too. But listen, I know we need to be faithful until he does. We want to keep moving forward until he comes and calls us. I like what he did here. And he preached the word of God. You know what? I love that because he didn't come in. He didn't juggle chickens. He didn't swallow swords. He preached the word of God. There's power in the word of God. Mm, I love it. Power to save. Power to lift broken hearts. Power to give hope. <laughs> I've always said, and I'll say it until I die, I'd love to have a great big mirror. Right up there. Because sometimes you need to see what we see when we look out. Because some of you look like you ain't got no hope. Some of you look like your wife's beating you and your dog run away. Mm. Folks, I tell you what, the joy of the Lord ought to be a little bit on our face everything. You say, yo, Bentley, you expect us to run around and look like a lunatic, smiling all the time. No, but every now and then something ought to pop out of there. I worry. I do. I, I, I've been in a few churches. I thought, man, I came to preach and it's a funeral and I can't find the body. <laughs> Jesus, in verse 5, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11, arise, take your bed and go to your house. Verse 12 tells us that he did. Why? He was, he, was he healed to stay the same? No. Folks, today, Jesus Christ did not save you from your sins for you to stay the way he was. You are whenever he found you. He called. Each and every one of us are called. Today he's still offering forgiveness to all who will accept it. And if you believe him, you know what? You're going to follow him. And the truth is, and the sad truth is, if you don't follow him, you don't believe him. Folks, I believe God's word is true from start to finish. I believe this is the holy and errant word of God. It's not fouled in any way. And I think he is honest and open with us whenever he says, listen, you know what? I'm calling you to be disciples like in Matthew. Go out and make disciples. Go out. Go out and, and help find the lost sheep. Folks, he doesn't have to let us do that, but he's given us the opportunity to be a part. You want some joy in your life? You say, man, my Christian life is just dragging. Start sharing Christ with others. Get deep in the word. And when I say deep, I mean more than a two-minute Bible study. I mean get in there and spend some time and let him speak and draw you to where he wants you to be. This morning, we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask Damon to come on up here. The music folks are going to come. I'm going to ask you to search your heart. Here's the thing. You may be there this morning, and you say, man, the joy is gone. I just don't have any joy. Do like David in Psalm 51 where he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Maybe this morning you need a jump start. Folks, God wants to do that in your life. He did not call you to a humdrum, boring life. He called you into an exciting life 
of being faithful and following him. Maybe you don't have a church home, and today God's saying, listen, I want you to come be a part here. I want you to come and get involved here. Folks, we don't need spectators. We need participants. Are you ready to participate? What are we going to sing, Brother Ken? Yes, sir, I, am. I like it. Let's go ahead and stand. Brother Damon's going to be up here. <laughs>